You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. OMG, yes, asked thousands of people with vaginas what feels best for them, and they found the patterns. Each technique they found is brought to life in beautiful videos of regular people sharing from first-hand experience. There's no blushing, there's no shame, there's just the facts to make your sex life so much better. You can get $5 off the newly released Season 2 at omgs.com slash sunny. Hey friends, welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical, backward-ass ideals we have here in the United States. This is episode 94 of American Sex Podcast. I'm Sunny Megatron, and my lovely co-host is Ken Melvoin-Berg, which you're going to hear in a few minutes during our guest conversation. We're sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and we are kinky perverts too. So this week, we've decided to bring back an old, underappreciated classic episode about, drumroll please, are you ready for it? Urethral sounding. About a year and a half ago, we talked to John C. Luna. In John's original career, he was an entrepreneur, author, professional educator, and software developer. After over 12 years in the swinger, fetish, and BDSM lifestyles, he started a new chapter of his life, educating others on alternative relationships and human sexuality. He lectures on non-monogamy, bisexuality, safe sexual practices, BDSM, and other kink-related topics. He's a Tantra and Tai Chi practitioner, a graduate of the Atlanta Institute of Tantra and Divine Sexuality, and offers Tantra healing services. He coaches those seeking to become more comfortable and confident in their own sexual identity, sexual attraction, and or alternative lifestyle. Along with his wife, Angelique Luna, he hosts the podcast, Living a Sex Positive Life. John aims to be an advocate for sexual freedom and encourage others to be their authentic selves. He's also a urethral sounding enthusiast, both from the receiving end and the giving end. He's been featured in Playboy talking about it. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes for uh, episode 94. 94? Yeah, yeah, 94. 94, that's what we're on. (laughs) He also teaches classes on urethral sounding. In fact, there's one coming up in Orlando, Florida on Saturday, June 22nd at a place called The Woodshed. I'll put a link to that also in our show notes for, and I know the episode now, episode 94 at americansexpodcast.com. So uh, urethral sounding. Yeah, okay. What is it? Is it when you put your ear up to a penis and you can hear the ocean? No, that's not it. It's when you penetrate the urethra. Now, now this is usually done to penises, but it can also be done to vulvas, as you're going to hear us talk about in the episode. So wait, I just said it's when you penetrate the urethra, right? What? Yes, I know. All the questions are suddenly running through your head. You know, why do people do this? Is it for pain? Is it for pleasure? How do you do it? Is it even safe? Okay, really, really, how much does it hurt? This gotta hurt, right? Why does it scare the bejesus out of me? Why does it sound hot as fuck though, right? No matter what your questions are, John C. Luna has them all covered. In this conversation, we also get into advanced play with tuning forks and electricity. 
We talk about what to do if you suffer from kidney stones. And John shares a few cringy sounding mishap stories, plus tells us about some of the most unbelievable extreme urethral play he has ever seen. And he's seen a lot. So before we roll with this guest conversation, I've got a few things to tell you. Now, first is something I have got to get off my chest. And I feel obligated to clear up this misinformation that's been floating out in the world unchecked. Every few months, somewhere on the internet, I come across someone that's either a sex educator or a sex toy reviewer or a sexual health content creator, and they say, silicone lube is not compatible with latex condoms. And then my brain falls out of my head. So if you've heard this, stop, hold the phone. It is 100% absolutely not correct. I'm not going to slam the folks that I hear saying this on the internet. I get that there's going to be some misinformation in sex ed. It's inevitable. And I also encourage you to remember that too. So if you hear something or you hear someone teaching something that doesn't sound quite right, go and do some research of your own just as a double check. Now, reason being is there aren't many accessible certification programs for sexuality educators. And there's no requirement for someone who calls themselves a sexuality educator to have any certain level of education. So naturally, many of us learn this trade by self-teaching. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. There are some amazing self-taught sexuality educators. But when we self-teach or self-learn, whatever, self-teach and learn, We do that by listening to others that came before us. And this silicone lube misinformation has been floating around forever. I'm not sure why. You know, like I said, I think what happens is one person hears it from someone that they trust and that one person happened to be mistaken, but then they repeat it and then someone else they trust hears it and they repeat it and so on, so on, so on. And educators, I think, are also mixing up the silicone latex compatibility thing with the silicone lube, silicone toy compatibility thing, which are two completely different things. But we'll get to that in a minute. But I want to stop the misinformation right here. Embed this in your brain. Silicone lube is absolutely safe to use with latex condoms. The same goes for silicone water-based lube hybrids. Now, in fact, latex condoms, they're packaged usually with some kind of lube. That's silicone lube. And for those of you that wear latex clothing, what do you shine it with? Silicone lube. And your dress doesn't fall apart. Everything's fine. Yes, silicone is absolutely compatible with latex. It's oil-based lubes, not silicone, that are not compatible with latex. Now, you may hear some folks say, okay, you know, if you use oil-based lubes, that's fine, but make sure you use a non-latex condom with it and you're good to go. And that's true, but it's not quite that simple either. While it's true that most non-latex condoms can be a viable option if you want to use oil-based lubricant, know that not all non-latex condoms are compatible with oil either. Polyisoprene condoms, known by the brand name Skin, S-K-Y-N, are non-latex options that are often used by people with latex allergies. You see these condoms everywhere. But what's interesting about the material polyisoprene is it's actually synthetic 
latex, which if you're like, oh, okay, wait a minute, then how the hell can people with latex allergies use skin condoms if they're synthetic latex? That makes no sense. I get it. But people with latex allergies don't react to synthetic latex because the allergy is caused by the plant proteins found in natural latex made from trees. So it's those plant proteins that people with allergies react to. And when you have synthetic latex, polyisoprene, it doesn't contain those plant proteins, making skin condoms or any polyisoprene condoms great for people with latex allergies. But because it's so similar to real latex, polyisoprene is not compatible with oil-based lubes. They're going to break down the latex in your skin condom, just like it would break down any other condom made from natural latex. It's condoms made out of non-latex materials like nitrile and polyurethane that are compatible with oil and all other lube materials like silicone or water-based lubes or hybrids or whatever. Well, not whatever. Don't use butter or Crisco. I mean, it would be compatible with that, but your body doesn't like that stuff. So when I say whatever, don't take me literally. So I mentioned that this misnomer might originate from people mixing up the silicone lubes incompatibility with silicone toys thing. That could totally be where it's coming from. And that's true sometimes there's a big caveat there too. It turns out that in some situations, silicone toys can be used with silicone lube, but that takes a lot more explanation. And I got to put a lot of like at your own risk and your mileage may vary disclaimers in there. It deserves at least another five, 10 minutes of me blabbing about it. So instead of me telling you about it now, I want you to go back to episode 70 of American Sex Podcast. It's called How to Choose the Perfect Sex Toy. And in that, I talk about why sometimes you can use silicone lube with silicone toys. And if you go to the show notes for episode 94 at americansexpodcast.com, I'm going to put a link to that episode so you can listen to it easily. Okay, so now that I've got all of that off my chest, yes, yes, go ahead and use that silicone lube with your latex condoms and knock your socks off. Don't knock your condom off, though. But there's an announcement I need to make. So Ken and I are going to be taking a summer hiatus from American Sex Podcast over the next few weeks. The plan is we'll be returning on July 22nd after taking four weeks off. And why? Why are we doing this? Well, first of all, hey, it's summer. You know, we want a little time to do things with the kids and my uncle and whatnot. But also for this past six months or so, I've been caring for my uncle who's elderly and disabled pretty much full time. So although I absolutely love my life right now, like we moved to Vegas, everything's pretty damn good. I'm tired and I'm kind of burnt the fuck out. And don't get me wrong, I absolutely love producing American Sex Podcast. In my days as a sexuality educator, there are a few things I enjoy more than doing this podcast. And I love every bit of it from the the tech backroom stuff to the interviews to, to the whole shebang. But I'm tired, you know? 
I do the editing, the research, the writing, the marketing, the episode art. I I upload the show notes. I upload the audio files and I do all the other tech stuff. I do behind the scenes stuff with guests. I write and record commercials for our sponsors. I do the invoicing and accounting. I manage our Patreon. I'm freaking tired. I am. I spend a minimum of 20 hours or so a week on American sex and often a lot more. And we have no assistance. It's just Ken and I. And we both need some time to regroup and reset so we can continue bringing you quality episodes. But no worries, we are working on episodes already for after our hiatus, things like pubic hair anthropology, healing after trauma, asexuality, anal sex, and a whole bunch more is all already in the works. And if you're an American Sex Podcast Patreon member, we are not going away. Don't worry, throughout the next month, you're going to hear from us a lot. While we're on hiatus in our public podcast feed, you Patreon members are going to be getting extra bonus episodes to hold you over. And that's just one of the many perks our American Sex Podcast Patreon members get. Like they get bonus stories from our guests, American Sex Podcast stickers, random surprises in the mail, and a whole lot more. And if you're wondering like, okay, where do I get in on that? Go to patreon.com slash American sex. Lastly, real quick, you know, here on American sex, we talk a lot about online censorship of sex and sex related topics and social media has really been cracking down lately. I highly encourage you to get on our mailing list so we don't lose touch in the event of a censorship crackdown. If you have your phone handy, you can sign up for our newsletter right now via text. Just text the word Megatron to the number 444-999 and you are in. You can also visit sunnymegatron.com slash newsletter. Okay, speaking of emails, we also sometimes answer listener questions. So if you've got a question for us to answer on the air anonymously, of course, go ahead and send that to americansexpodcast at gmail.com. All right, are you ready? Put your ear up to a penis or a vulva and get ready to hear the ocean. I swear that joke is never going to get old. It really isn't. All right, here is Erythral Sounding with John C. Luna. So we have John Luna on the line here to talk about something that I'm actually really excited about. Ken, are you excited about it? You have I'm the penis. I'm incredibly excited. I mean, about we both this. have urethras, which we'll get to that later. But you are excited. Are, you're, you just got done telling us not to give it away. Now you're giving it away. I'm not, I'm just giving hints. People are like, <laughs> "What are they talking about?" So, John, you're going to talk to us all about urethral sounding. So, for our listeners who whose interests are completely piqued or might be a little terrified right now, explain to us exactly what urethral sounding even is. Okay, urethral sounding is considered a, I guess, an extreme form of medical play. And what it involves is inserting an object, usually metal or silicone, into the urethra, meaning where you pee, and moving it uh, downward and uh, into, for a man, you can go pretty much all the way down to the prostate. And for a woman, you can go in a about two, three inches in there, and it produces one hell of a feeling. Um, if you think of all the skin on your body, the inside of your urethra is a very, very sensitive spot. It really doesn't touch anything but liquid. So when you go ahead and lube, uh, it's called a sound up, and insert it down in there, it, it can be one hell of an interesting feeling. Have either of you guys ever done it? Yes. 
I haven't. It's weird because I've had, um, I get really bad polycoaxalate kidney stones. So my ureter and urethra are completely scarred up and I didn't know if I would ever feel anything in there because normally people have liquid go through. I have liquid and sharp, tiny little rocks that go all Ooh. throughout my, and that's why I was particularly interested in talking about this, even though I've done it, even though I played around with it, I'd like to talk to people that are enthusiastic and have done it a long time and you may have you may be able to like troubleshoot questions that we have so one of the first things oh, i wanted to I know i was is, gonna like, say if i did it i did it Kevin. oh you did i did you a did. long oh. time ago when Ooh. i was younger i didn't know this i could have given myself a horrible infection <laughs> uh but i was reading some like erotica or something and i was younger this was before the internet and i'm not sure where i read about some hot erotic scene, probably my friend's parents like dirty books, some hot scene where somebody took a bobby pin and stuck it oh, in no. their urethra. And I did that. And I'm so glad I, I was, I don't know how old I was, young, but I'm so glad I didn't get an infection, but I did it too. How did it feel? It felt good. It didn't, it wasn't like, oh my God, I'm going to have an orgasm right here on the spot kind of feeling, but it was a nice feeling. I liked it. So and it felt a little naughty, like, ooh, I'm not supposed to be sticking stuff in there. It? Yeah, and that was kind of fun, too. And it's interesting. I've done it a few times, but I've never gone deep enough because of the kidney stones to hit my prostate. So that that was my biggest question for you, John, is what does that feel like when you get it deep enough to actually get on the inside of the prostate? Because normally when we're stimulating, it's from the other direction, right? Oh, Absolutely. And of course, I'm that one asshole. That <laughs> He's the asshole that didn't turn, <laughs> off, turn off, off my phone. cell phone. Okay. Okay, go ahead. As I quietly turn off my cell phone now. <laughs> You're like, Oops, wait, as I quietly turn off mine too. Well, uh, first thing I want to put out there, not I'm not a doctor. I actually started this. Um, I'm trying to figure out where I found it. But again, it was probably a porn. And then I know I found a website. And we're going back to like 2004, so pre-FetLife. And I saw this. It looked hot as hell. I went online and I know I paid some outrageous thing like 120 bucks for a sounding kit. Oh, yeah. Which is funny because, yeah, now they're online for like 40, 50 bucks. So, what do they and look like for those listening and they can't visualize? Essentially, they're just rods. Uh, basically, one half of the rod will be one size, the other half will be one millimeter wider. So that way you have sizes from three millimeter all the way up to 18 millimeter. If you think of 18 millimeter, uh, it's about the size of one of a, like a large person's finger. Okay. But again, they go all the way down to basically, uh, I'm trying to think, re re really thin, like a wire size. Um, don't recommend ever using the super small ones because they're prone to puncturing. <gasps> that, oh, I hurt. Yes. I hurt. I shook inside when you said that. Yeah. Oh. And I, when I first started this, again, I read about it on the internet. I didn't even know kinky people. I was like closeted kinky back then. But I'm like, hell, I was on this tirade. I had gotten my nipples pierced. I don't know what was going on. Got a tattoo and said, I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm going to get a tattoo, pierce my nipples and stick things in my dick. <laughs> we'll just call that a weird couple of years where I, I, I was. Yeah. Not that it got bet, Not that it got different from there. It just kind of got worse anyway. But going back to your question, you said, what does it feel like? Um, when I do sounding, you could either do it shallow and essentially means all the way down to the, to the base of the penis. So you're not really going that far. Right. That's how I, far gone. I've. That's as far as I've explored before. And that's for us exploring, like going to uh, Muncie, Indiana from Chicago. So it's not going very far. We haven't made it to Europe like you have. No, no. And what <laughs> happens is when you hit the base of a penis, you actually have to like tilt it up 
because there, there's there's something with the anatomy that the urethra actually curves, starts curving up inside you. And then you just let it fall and push it down. It gets a little further. Getting it down there is definitely a very good but odd sensation. I liked it. It was one of those, ooh, this is, this is, this is very nice. I'm hopefully not hurting nothing. And thankfully I wasn't. But um, later on, I discovered if you go ahead and do that and then touch the sound with a vibrator. Oh, holy shit. It's like getting vibrated directly on your prostate. Ooh. So would that be, it, it's more intense and I, I'm going to make the assumption that you've had a prostate vibrator in your ass. Is it a lot more intense than that kind of feeling? Uh, much more. Ooh. I did consider it. Yeah, it, it was. Um, I've had prostate. Again, prostate massager toys in me, and I do like them, and it takes a while. The first time I, I hit the vibrator, what happened was I had a, um, oh, God, was it one of those wee vibes that I happened to just want to try, and I touched it against it, liked it, took it off, put it back on. I must have counted to five, and I orgasmed. It was just that quick. Wow. Wow. So, all right. I'm, I'm getting back to John at 2004. You're You're piercing your nipples you're getting tattoos you see this porn and i'm assuming that this porn depicted urethral sounding as something erotic not as something torturous or painful is that mm -hmm. I, I do recall the videos it's usually done there's, there's usually a femdom involved right and it's usually the woman doing it to the man there are a couple videos not nearly as many of it being done to a woman mm -hmm. but again i'm i was solo didn't have any companions back then when people hear about urethral sounding, I, I talk to lots of people who maybe I bring it up or they hear it brought up and it's the first time they hear about it and they either immediately like their legs go together and they put their hands over and they're like, oh my God, no, just the thought of that. Because some of them have had experiences I've heard where you go to the doctor and they stick like a Q-tip or something oh, yeah, in, your, cool. in oh, yeah. your urethra and everyone's like, that's so incredibly painful. So how is this different than that? And do some people do urethral sounding and want to feel the pain too you know that's a good question uh i, I can actually i can address this from the medical point of view what it is it's it's a materials issue more than anything else because when you're putting in a urethral sound that's made for that particular job it's made to go in some area that has had liquid coming out of it when you take a q-tip a q-tip was designed to basically get earwax out and to like absorb things into spun cotton over a stick, which is not something you should be shoving yeah. in your pee hole and I mean, in any way, shape, or form. Technically, if you look at the instructions on the Q-tips, you're not even supposed to stick those in your ears. So much less your That's dick. That's true. That is true. Which brings up a good question. What the fuck is a Q-tip supposed to be used for? I don't know to clean That's out like the really little the little nooks and crannies, but not the actual ear hole. I'm not sure, but I stick them all up in my ear hole. And you I know what? I do remember my mom actually writing the Q-tip company when I was a kid and asking them all these questions. And the only thing I remember from that, that the Q-tip, the, what does the Q stand for? The Q stands for quality. The qu I'll, I'll give you a quality yeah. tip. <laughs> 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 exactly. Exactly. So there is a couple of interesting things to do with sounds that I have used on other people, but I have not had it done on me, which is um, it sort of violates one of my rules because I like to do most things like that. But I've always been a little bit nervous because of my kidney stones. Uh, the two things in particular I'm thinking about, have you ever used a, a tuning fork or electricity? No, no. The only I, I've, always used and and this is like my stickler thing if i'm going to do something that could get me in the hospital 
I'm going to follow the best instructions I can. So the only thing I've ever used was medical grade stainless steel sounds. And there's different types of sounds. Uh, mostly I use a Hagar sound, which is the one I described. It's just basically slightly curved, but mostly a straight rod. And it's very smooth. And you want to get them, uh, like I said, medical. So they're not, um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Electroplated. Because if that stuff ever peels right. off and gets inside you... UTIs is not something I'm looking for. Yeah. Okay. So I have a question. Go back to a tuning fork. I know this isn't a plan where it's like sound like, mm, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> I'll give you a sound. Mm, it's an E sharp or whatever. I don't know. It's a P sharp. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So seriously, I have seen, because I don't do urethral sounding. So I have seen like tuning fork looking things. And I was like, is that a turning fork? Apparently it is because you're talking about it. How the fuck do I use a tuning fork in somebody's dick? I believe you use it on the sound. You don't use it in the dick. So you put the metal sound in and then you hit the sound and use that vibration to touch the sound from what I understand. So I mean, the sound hits the sound. The same word thing is getting confusing. It's like yes. <laughs> the tuning fork hits the sound. With the sound. and With the sound. The tune hits the sound. The tune hits the, the sound. Tune. Okay. Oh, we need to make a... I want to make a, a song like... um. Oh, what is the people in the Alps singing? The hills are alive. Sound of music, like a sound of music kind of song. Like, you put the tune in the sound and the sound in the little, cock. And now, and I want, now I want to see like 12 guys with different gauge sounds in their cocks and somebody coming with a tuning fork and hitting each one playing a sound. Oh, my goodness. Why is this not a thing? Why is, this, why is this next not party, a thing? Next party. Next yeah. party. The question is, could you play a tune with all the guys with all the different ones and just sit there with them around you? Ding, 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 Oh my God, we could call it ding, 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 dings. The sounding dings. Oh my God. Oh, all right. So, okay. I understand the tuning fork. So now what else? Well, Ken, when you actually said tuning fork, I had actually seen a, a porn where someone, um, think, thinking porn tube or something, uh, porn hub, where they actually did insert the end of a tube, the sounding in. And which end? The, the straight end. So, so like, they're you know, the straight end, so they're putting it in like a sound and then they're just using it directly and wow. then just hitting it. But porn, of course, does stuff that no one should do. I know there's one scene out there where, you know, it starts off. With an artist painting stuff, and somehow in the next scene, the paintbrushes are being used as sounds, and I'm like, that is so not healthy. No, not at all. This is where porn is just for entertainment, and we do not imitate what we see, because that could be really bad. Wow. Okay. I still have so many questions. I have so many questions. I just like... I need to actually sound someone. I think that's the thing. Because then well, I wouldn't you, have all You these... helped me do it at a party. I don't know if you remember I, that or not. I, oh, my God. What? This seems like a thing I should remember. Is it menopause? Why don't I remember? <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I don't want to say the person's name on air. But like, it's, do you, it's somebody who was involved in Team Clown Tits. Part of a couple. I think I, we, was, were we at somebody's birthday party. We're at somebody's birthday okay. party, and I had testicles on my back at that party that where they were trying to divine their fortune on the Ouija board tattoo on my back. I vaguely That's remember, and say. it was an <laughs> electrical one, right? Correct. It was an yeah. it was an electrical, but it still yes. wasn't like with the big. I want to do the big ones. But, okay. All right, let's take a break real quick, <laughs> and then my devious mind will devise all of these like things I can do with urethral sounds, and we'll be right back, and then we'll talk about them. <laughs> OMGYes.com is a website about women's sexual pleasure. There's so many myths out there when it comes to actual ways people with vulvas touch themselves or the way partners touch them. 
OMGS decided to once and for all clear the air. They conducted the first ever large-scale scientific research interviewing over 20,000 vagina owners ages 18 to 95 about what actually feels good and why. Even though individual preferences vary, they zeroed in on lots of shared techniques. You know, kind of like ingredients people combine in different ways for more pleasure and better orgasms. The site has short videos of women sharing and showing these techniques. The videos are explicit, but they feel comfortable, like a friend casually talking with you over coffee. I was so thankful for the staying in section in season two of OMG, yes. For some people, like me, this is totally me, thrusting penetration isn't always the most pleasurable. I used to feel like the odd person out because my body worked this way. You know, I thought I was the only one. It turns out OMG Yes found that 83% of people with vulvas are just like me. Not only was that validating, but the site details the best techniques for staying in, which is so helpful for me to share with my partners. OMG Yes isn't a subscription site. You pay once for permanent access to a set of videos and animations, and your payment goes on to fund ongoing research into sexual pleasure. Check out the newly released Season 2 at omgs.com slash sunny, and you'll get $5 off. Again, that's omgs.com slash s-u-n-n-y. And we're back with John Luna. All right. Again, I have so many questions. I'm going to go back, though, to 2004, John, who just discovered nipple piercing tattoos and urethral sounding. And you said you did it by yourself. Okay. So I know John right now, John of 2018, is partnered. So how did you introduce partners to this? Does your current partner do it with you? Tell me how that works. My current partner... uh is horrified by this. As she put it, she she respects what I do and wants absolutely no part of it whatsoever. Really? Why? Like, what's the reasoning? Well, it's exactly what you said earlier. The moment you tell someone you're putting someone, you're putting a stick in where and their legs go together, that is the exact response I got when I first said I sounded. Uh, it's just, it's not her kink. And um, she does everything else with me, fire play, roping, all the other kinky stuff. But sounding, uh, I have to go find other partners for that one. Okay, I can, I can get down with that. Like, it's not your kink, but your kink's okay, but it's not my kink kind of thing. All right. So have you ever done sounding where it hurts? Or does it always feel good? Or is it a line between pain and good? Like, I'm trying to... I can't remember when I stuck the thing in my thing. And I don't have a dick. And I don't have a prostate. So I know I can't even imagine what it feels like for you. Well... The first couple times you do it, um, you're, again, you're stretching out tissue that really has never been stretched before. And what you're supposed to do is immediately, well, within a few minutes of after sounding, urinate to get everything out. And let me tell you, the first couple times you do it, it burns. And unless you know this is a norm, it can scare the ever-living shit out of you. Really? You're like, oh, my God, I broke something. Why does it burn? You're just stretching the tissue. Oh, and again, okay. it's a very sensitive. And then what are you doing? You're urinating. Right. So it's already a little acidic, but you have to urinate after. Again, it, it flushes out any debris, any of the um, uh, lubricant that still might be up there. 
and it just cuts down on urinary tract infections. But um, yeah, for the first couple times you do it, and when I introduce people to it, I got to say, maybe the first five times, it's it's going to burn. Uh, after that, it, I mean, it's not a horrible burn. It's not like flame shooting out or nothing, but it's definitely, yeah, that's not right kind of feeling. But after a while, that does go away. It, the skin inside does toughen up a bit, and you don't quite get that sensation anymore. So for listeners trying to visualize urethral sounding, it is not like somebody is penetrating your urethra and they're fucking it like oh hell no no because that would hurt right so is there any in and out or is it just like you put it in and it stays there kind of what's what's the motion what's the movement initially when i get it in there it's basically dropping letting gravity pull it in especially when working with someone new not to force anything not to tear anything to just kind of let it slide in use lots of lube lots of surgical lube once it gets in there, you you can start getting comfortable with it, I guess, is the mm-hmm. way to put it. Um, I can move it up and down, and it does feel like I'm – best way to put it is being masturbated from the inside. Ooh. Okay, what's surgical lube and where do you get it? Okay, surgical lube, uh, any medical supply store should have it. But essentially, it's the lube they would use in surgery and when you go ahead and perhaps get a colonoscopy or some other fun thing. But uh. it's lube that doesn't contain glycerin. So if it does happen to get deep in there, if you do end up doing deep sounding all the way to the prostate, you're not putting stuff in there that your body's going to have a hard time processing. Okay. Okay. So, John, you said mm-hmm. it starts at like one millimeter, like the size of a wire, and you said up to 18 millimeters. How big have you gone? Or how big have you seen? Oh, the kit I have goes all the way up to 18 millimeter. And I look at that and I'm still like, uh, I'm not up for that challenge quite yet. But I've been doing this almost 15 years. I'm up to 11 millimeter. Wow. Wow. And does that change the way you pee? Like, do you still have a nice, you know, solid stream that you can aim? Like, does it your your urethra snaps back like it was or? It it hasn't had any effect on that whatsoever. Wow. It's. Yep. The one thing I will... Okay. The urethra is not the anus in the sense that you, we've all done... Thank God life. for that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> shit out of your dick. <laughs> and never, never mix the two. Never mix, <laughs> never mix sounding and anal sex. Oh, yeah, yeah. Too much of a chance of... Too much of a surprise. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, bad surprise. <laughs> surprise anal is one... Surprise well, sounding, that's one step further. Like No, the, the, neither no, are I good. <laughs> neither are good. Although my new motto is safety third, so maybe I could lead with urethral sounding next time. What do you think? Uh, no, you know okay. I was thinking of saying the next con- next <laughs> conference we should play, but if safety's third, maybe we'll see. <laughs> so I, it's interesting. One of the sounds that I have here is a little bit too big for me because it's they only like the I didn't get a kit. What I did was they I was I got a series of things from uh, my stem, which is a great company for tens unit stuff, and they have uh, two kinds of urethral sounds. One of them is like. It's got to be one or two. I think it's two millimeters. And then the, the one that's the the big electric sound, go, and it goes, jumps right to eight millimeters. Oh. And that seems like it's in eight millimeters is just like, I don't know, maybe half a pinky or so, but it still looks a little bit too intimidating to lead with. Do you think an eight millimeter sound would be something you could start with or should I work my way up? I would work my way up. Um, most people are going to start usually with maybe the five or the six. And I know that doesn't sound far from the eight, but if you think about going from, again, a five or a six to an 11 has taken me 15 years. 
it it doesn't stretch. There's basically a fiber ring around the head of your penis. And naturally that that doesn't stretch a whole lot because in nature you really don't want anything swimming up inside you. So stretching that out is an extremely long process. Um, going up a single millimeter may take months of sounding every week or every other week. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that kind of goes with the Fibonacci sequence when you're doing like anal sizing, where you go up just a, a fraction, a fraction, a fraction. And then once your body becomes accustomed and it's a little bit more elastic, when you get to about 13 or so, you may be able to jump up like two millimeter sizes at that point because hmm. your body will become accustomed to it's it. It's like gauging your ears. It is. It yeah, is. It's like gauging you your can ears. Go up There's, two like once you get to a certain a point. Yeah, and it's and it's all mathematical. You plug it into the Fibonacci sequence and you can figure it out. If you can fit in an eleven millimeter now, you can figure out what's the next largest thing that you can fit in there the same way that you can with your butt. Right. Or veins. Like or doctors veins, use that veins, for yeah. veins for IVs and stuff. Like math is crazy. Our bodies are amazing. Just yeah. That's a whole nother kink though math but I, I got a little horror story for you yeah. oh let's hear it oh i want to hear the horror story okay sounds are one thing another thing are plugs basically things you can leave in to keep it stretched or you know it, it's basically a non-piercing pa right i had gotten one and this one had three rings around it and the rings they didn't pop out they popped inward and it was a same size about a, a 10 this is two three years ago they didn't quite sand down the uh i guess the inside of the ring oh, as well as they should have oh no <laughs> so it kind of started sliding in just fine i had lube and then it was like it, it kind of like went over and then grabbed it and oh. it had a hard time coming back out which again my heart starts racing take my time i finally popped it out i'm like okay well just we I'm not going to do that again for a while. And I just happened to look down and realize just that a little, little cut on the penis <gasps> can produce a lot of blood. Oh, my goodness. Were you freaking out when you saw the blood, though? Yeah. Oh, oh hell yeah. <laughs> Were you That's like, not a place I ever want to see blood coming from. <laughs> what do I tell the emergency room? Are you starting to think <laughs> of stories? Like, I fell down. Like <laughs> I, I dropped a piece of a paper. Of nails. Yeah. Everything's okay, but my penis just went right to the nail. That's oh. <laughs> it could be like one I was, in a million chance, Doc. I was filing my taxes and I dropped a piece of paper. It just went straight down my pee hole and gave me this paper cut. No. No, just you know what, folks, tell tell the truth <laughs> to your emergency room. Don't lie. I tried to stick a thing in my dick hole. It didn't work out as planned. Please get it out. Would work a lot better than making up a goofy ass. Yeah, because honestly, like we're afraid when we go in, like, oh, we don't want to talk. But they've seen it all. Yes, they've I heard it all. And they probably have radiographs of it all hidden behind yeah. the ER counter. Light like, bulbs look at this guy. People's look, asses. look at what he shoved up his ass. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So honesty. It's the I best didn't policy. end up at the ER. Uh I ended up urinating it burned like hell and about two you know shortly after that it stopped but oh. yeah if i was bleeding for another five minutes hell yeah i'd be in the ar fix this shit oh my god i don't know how they could fix it but they i sure as hell don't want stitches in there oh oh, oh. i i gave birth and i ripped myself there and it was bad oh. it was bad it was i had to sque i had a squeezy water bottle and i had to shoot water on myself when i was peeing to like get the pee because it burned so bad it was awful so i totally feel for you oh my god wow oh. so Ooh, speaking of vaginas, so we all have urethras, right? 
We all do. So men and women. I can I can have urethral sounding. How does that work? Do I use the same kit that you see in all the BDSM toy stores, or are there other considerations I have to use, being that I'm someone with a vagina? Okay, obviously with a vagina, it's a lot shallower. Mm-hmm. I mean, some guys are longer than others, but either way, women are going to have a much shorter urethra. So you can still use Hagar sounds. But you only go in about two, three inches. You never force it. Literally, once I, I lube up, once, first of all, I'll sterilize the area, which sounds funny. But uh, once I lube up the sound and get the lube in there and kind of just put it in the hole, I'll let gravity just pull it in. And I never, ever push it in. Now, once it's in there, putting a vibrator on it, oh, I love those reactions. Uh. Yeah, because what a lot of people don't realize, and we're going to get into a little anatomy. So on somebody with penis, when you go in, you're pretty much directly getting the prostate through the urethra. And for people with vaginas, we have a G spot and we have the G spot is actually the urethral sponge, which is the erectile tissue that surrounds the urethra. So in essence, it would be sort of the same thing. You're kind of going direct to the source, direct to a pleasure spot that's never been accessed in that way before. So I would imagine that it's a ama- like obviously you don't have a vagina so you can't tell me but people that you've seen do this are is it just amazing for them from what i've seen uh-huh. absolutely but the one thing you need to make sure is that this this isn't a sibian i right. know they're going to have an intense orgasm don't buck it because the first thing oh. i'm going to do is once they start moving i just pull right out and get 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 clear Oh, because you don't want the the sound to poke you, and then it rams into them, and and then bleeding and crying, and it, yeah, and then burning your yeah. bladder is pierced. Yes, yeah, you don't like want to do that. Uh, uh, uh. never want to pierce the bladder ever, ever, ever. That's like yeah. Oh, I can't even imagine. Okay, so people listening maybe now are not in the crouch position, and they've gone from being <laughs> horrified to possibly being a little turned on or a lot turned on at this point, and they're curious about all right. How do I start urethral sounding? What are some of the first precautions or first steps they should take? And also some of the the precautions they should make sure that they know, or maybe even a place to go to learn this, because I know bacteria is a huge issue. You can give yourself an infection. This isn't something where you just like grab a chopstick out of the kitchen and shove it in your urethra. So what what do no. new people need to know? Um there are there's a lot of conflicting uh, um, strategies on uh, what to do for sounding. Um, best way to start is get a pair of gloves. I always wear gloves whenever I'm sounding someone else. Uh, get a set. They're called Hagar. There's about seven different types of sounds. Some are curved. Some have like bulbs in them. Some are rippled. Hagar are just basically straight. They're what to start off with. They come in all the different sizes. Uh, get again your surgical lube. And antibacterial soap, clean yourself off and start slow. Never force it. As long as you go ahead and just let gravity take its, take its toll and pull the sound in and don't force it. Don't, don't get that challenge accepted attitude and mm-hmm. want to go up to the next size. Right. That's how you get hurt. And when you say antibacterial soap, you're talking your, your body, the area and the equipment as well. Um, the equipment, I'll either. In between uses, when I'm done, soak in iodine, or I actually put it in boiling water. Okay. So I want to make sure, again, they are completely clean. Um, For men, it's a lot harder to get a urinary tract infection, especially if you're sounding shallow 
Once you go deeper, yes, you can go ahead and get one. But for women, we're only going in two or three inches. Mm-hmm. So um, one of my partners that I sound will immediately that night take antibiotics just because she knows she's going to get one. She's susceptible. Wow. To, yeah. Huh. But it's worth it. It's worth a little, little, little antibiotics because it feels so good, right? I think so. I love doing it. I love having it done on me, and I love doing it. This is I'm ninety nine percent top dom, but for certain things and certain people, being this being one of them, oh, I like the bottom. Well, well, however, you know, Ken and I talk about we're you know we're into BDSM. We're both can consider ourselves dominants. Um, however. You can be a bottom, which means you're the person receiving whatever action is happening, but do it in a very dominant way. You could be like, look, pick up that Hagar urethral sound, get the five millimeter and stick it in my dick right now. Get down on your knees. I mean, do you ever do it in a very dominant way? No, I haven't. Would you? But that sounds, I would. Yeah? Hmm. That's something I may have to try. Shake it up a little, (laughs) right? Sound me now. Well, the best way to do that probably would be first watch uh, Deadwood Season 2, Episode 4, where Al Swearingen has kidney stones, and they use the sound to pop the kidney stones. <gasps> is that a thing? Is that a real thing? Ooh, yeah, is that a thing? Yes. Okay, so you know medicine, and you know kidney stones, and you know penises, so explain this to me, because now I'm, I went from being turned on to being horrified again. Well, it, it, it the original purpose of it wasn't obviously for... Pleasure. Sound, so sounding has a <laughs> sounding has, has a, a medical, medical origin. Yeah. Okay, so what is it? Well, you know, and I don't fully know the medical origin behind it, but I do know that it's used, I think, to uh, clear the urethra. So, like, if they had anything that was going down there, they would want to go to see if there was stones or in there. But John, please correct me if I'm wrong on that because I don't know the absolute origin behind them. Uh, but I imagine that's what it would be for. What do, do you know anything about the history, John? I, I've read a little that backs up what you said that. Um, they can use it to clear in case there's anything stuck in there. But one, one thing I've always wondered is for me or anyone else who has sounded for a while and gotten up to a larger size, like an 11 millimeter I'm at now, does that mean if I do get kidney stones, I'm going to have less of a problem with them? I, I don't know. Yeah, actually, I've never it, had them. It does because, well, it, it depends on how deep you go. Most kidney stone problems happen for one reason and that the kidney stone gets stuck in the ureter before it actually reaches the urethra, but if it can bypass the urethra and get in, or the ureter and into the urethra, uh, you will have less of a chance of it getting stuck because you've stretched the tissue out. You can pee easier than somebody who hasn't been sounded. And all of the pain from kidney stones comes from the kidney stone getting blocked and all of the, the urine not being able to get out of your body. And from what I understand, and again, folks, I could be wrong on this, but I think that's why originally they might have used the um, tuning forks that they would stick a sound in there. There would be a calculus crystalline structure. That's the kidney stone. They would tap it with the, with the um, tuning fork and that would shatter the stone. (gasps) Okay. So it was sort of an early form. I I don't think they do that anymore. It's like 19th century ultrasound. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, if you threw some leeches in there, I think we'd have like (laughs) a full full 19th century medical degree. (laughs) All right. I have two questions. The first one is when you said, all right, so the medical purpose was to stick some, Something in there to uh, correct an obstruction. My mind, because I didn't grow up with the penis, so I don't know all the weird things little boys try to do. I know like little kids will stick popcorn kernels and stuff up their noses and get stuck. Do boys do that with their penises? Is that a thing? 
Every now and again. I mean, really? it's, not, it's not super common, but like little kids shoving things in their orifices is. It's more common in noses than penises or butts. Oh, I didn't. That's never even dawned on me. Okay, so now another thing. Speaking of leeches up your pee hole, you. <laughs> <laughs> and this is only, that's only a phrase Ooh. we can all say in all seriousness and go, yes, and. Um, so speaking of leeches up your pee hole. I know I have that, no idea where this is going, and I don't know if that's a phrase you actually mean to say. I do, I okay. do. What is the most extreme act, or maybe it's in a video, or maybe it's in person, of urethral sounding that you've ever seen? Because I know you've got to seen some shit, right? Oh, yeah. So tell me. Okay, there is one woman, I don't know her name, uh, I, I believe she's German. If the video is not super recent, like, like not HD, but um, she has sounded enough. Of course she's German. I can say that because oh, yeah, I'm part German, but they do some freaky ass shit. Okay, so keep I know, going. I want to visit <laughs> soon. <laughs> but keep going. Tell me. One video she puts, uh, basically it looks like a five inch vibrator. Remember those uh, ones with the dial on the back? That, oh, like, oh, yeah. yeah. At about 10 yeah, she gets that in there, which is a it, in good a, in a urethra. Huh? Yes, you're kidding. That I caught the same girl in another video, <laughs> Holy and Jesus. this is where it gets no, it gets worse. Ken, <laughs> some guy actually puts his dick in her urethra, and they tilt the camera underneath so you can see that it's not in her pussy. His dick is in her pee hole. Now I gotta think. I've got it. You know how I was like, does your pee hole stay stressed? And you're like, no, it goes back. I got to think <laughs> at that extreme amount. And guys in porns have big dicks. I've got to think that it's not going to go back, is it? It it will it will snap back eventually. But if you do it regularly, if you're doing any kind of play in a, in a body part regularly, if it's in a urethra, if it's in your anus, if it's something that you're doing regularly, you will have a little bit of stretch, but it also will almost always snap back when you're not doing whatever the procedure is that's stretching it. So it will, but not right away. I feel a burning sensation in my urethra right now, and I'm not even kidding you. I'm Did not kidding you. No, it's good. I li- kind of like it. Do you want it. me to stick my dick in your pee hole? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. So I, I have also heard, and I don't know if this is just something that somebody said or if it's actually happened, but like a penis can go in a penis in extreme, or is that just a story someone made up? You know, I've seen pictures of that, but uh, and I haven't done um, vacuuming. Or, What's vacuuming? Uh, I don't. I don't think you mean cleaning the floor. Penis pumping. Oh, okay, okay. I. It was one of those. One penis was definitely had something done to it that that was not its natural state, and they kind of like put one into the other. But I don't know if the skin was just so inflated that it kind of didn't go in the pee hole. It just kind of rolled forward over the I, right. penis. I don't. I don't. Well, know. I've seen well, foreskin. I, I think that's like, called space docking. Yeah, space like space docking, docking. Yeah, where where I, someone who is uncut. Wow. Um, rolls like their foreskin over another penis. Oh, no, it can also right? be space docking when a penis goes into another penis. Really? Like that it, can you, happen? Yeah. If somebody with a vagina can have their urethra stretched, somebody with a penis can have their urethra stretched. Wow. Okay, so a penis and a penis. Is that 
Is that meta? I don't even know what that would be. Space docking. Space space penis. Please, folks, send us all of your space docking pictures. If you have anything that you think might be space docking, send it. Send them to Ken, because I get enough (laughs) dick pics. I get enough. I want interesting. I want space docking pics. Do not solicit dick pics for me, but I will look at Chicago.ghost at gmail.com. Send them away. (laughs) So that way you don't have to look at them, and that way I'm subjected to all the space docking pictures. (laughs) Okay, but I will come look over your shoulder, because I want to see that. I want to see it. Okay, if anyone's ever at a party with us and you do space docking, please take us over to watch you do it, because I am just fascinated. I'm fascinated. Oh, for for I, some reason now, I'm picturing space docking in like the Star Wars intro as it rolls up the screen. <laughs> I want to play space music when someone's doing oh, space that, docking. That was actually one of my questions for John. Ooh, 2001? Yeah. yeah. No, I was going to ask John, do you have a playlist for urethral sounding? The sounds of sounding. <laughs> do, 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 do. The sounds of music. <laughs> I can't say that I do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I have my Nine Inch Nails and other soundtracks. Oh, Nine Inch Nails. Like, That's oh, very sounding. Have you? Would you put a Nine Inch Nail in your penis? Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh. Wow. I am just fascinated. No, no. It's, it's, it's not something a lot of people do. Finding people to do it with is extremely rare. Like, I found five people who actually said, oh, my God, you do this. Can you help me? Can you teach me? I'd love to do it. And everyone else who looks at it goes, what the fuck is that? So how did you find them? Did you just go to everyone at every party going, hey, you're so sounding? Nope. Okay. <laughs> well, if you go to my FetLife profile, uh-huh. there are some pictures there. Oh, that's, that's a good way to I decided to include a cum. Not necessarily go ahead and stick it in anyone's face. But if you care enough, you go through the pictures, you'll see it. If it sparks your interest. There we go. Nice, nice. And for those not familiar with FetLife, it's FetLife, F-E-T-L-A-F-E dot com. It's like a Facebook, but for pervs and sounding and penises and boobs and all the kinky things are there. Yeah. Not pictures of your cat or your grandma. That's for Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) See, and over there is my favorite cockpit that I almost sent you a couple months ago. Where On Facebook? It's actually... No, uh, no, I was going to email it to you. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> but, wow. But my favorite cockpick actually is a rooster. But he's got like a <gasps> oh, bow tie. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Or like a dick pick like Richard Nixon or there you Dick go. Clark, you know. I would be less offended by getting Richard Nixon pictures. Yeah. Somebody (laughs) sent me, somebody sent me, it was so funny. It was a cartoon drawing of a penis. But it was on a guitar pick, and they're like, "Here's the dick pick," and I was like, "That's fucking hilarious!" <laughs> All right, <laughs> I won't block you for sending me a dick pick if it's that. We won't chastise you for the humor. Yeah, exactly, exactly, John. This has been absolutely fascinating, and now I really, like I said, anyone listening, if we're at the same parties and you do urethral sounding, no, I don't want you to do it on me. I'm not ready for that yet. And also at parties, I I only top. I don't bottom in public. Um, but I want to watch or try if you if you know. So hey, maybe that'll happen. I think we'll be doing this at Cope. Yay! Awesome. We'll go to Cope this year. We can give some. We'll uh, get a sounding set. We'll try some sounding. There. Yay! I'm so excited. I'll let you excited. watch me get sounded. How about that? <gasps> I'll do intro to sounding and like I think Lily's done. It I before. just came. <laughs> <laughs> 
All that right. was easy. I know, right? <laughs> no, I wish it were real. <laughs> that would be great. All right. Uh, so, John, where can we find you? Where can we hear your sounds? Because I know you do a podcast, too. <laughs> Plan words. That we- was so great. <laughs> All right, no. Slid that in there real We're, nicely. Yeah, I know. Just like a urethral <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you like the sounds of my sounds, you could hear more of my sounds at Living a Sex Positive Life podcast. We're on, uh, what is it, uh, uh, Spreaker and Apple and Google and all that fun stuff. But if you do want to go ahead and contact me, I'm John C. Luna on Facebook, Twitter, and FetLife. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag PsyChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.